Namo Buddhaya. Welcome back to Monks in the Morning from Colombo Dhamma France of Mahameonawa. I'm so glad that you're joining us so we can spend time together now as Kalyanamitta, good spiritual friends. The Supreme Buddha taught us it's very important that we associate with good people who like to practice the Dhamma, because when we do, our good qualities increase. But sometimes we don't take advantage of being around good people, do we? Today, we'll learn the story of someone like that, who had the chance to spend time learning from an Arahant monk, but instead he cursed him and chased him away. Can you believe it? See how dangerous Sangsara is? Fortunately for this person, he eventually got to meet the Supreme Buddha. I don't want to give the story away, so you'll just have to listen. Now let's take the refuges and the precepts. Before we take the five precepts, we should think back about any precepts that we may have broken since we took them the last time. We don't need to feel scared if we have. It's normal especially when we're still learning. But it's good if we can talk to our parents if we have. That way, they can help us figure out how not to break the precepts in the future. But even if we feel too shy to do that, we can still make the decision right now not to break those precepts again. So, think for a moment if you've broken any precepts, and then we'll take them again together. Sadhu Sadhu, Sadhu Namo tasse bhagavato arehato Samma sambuddhasse Namo tasse bhagavato arehato Samma sambuddhasse Namo tasse bhagavato arehato Samma sambuddhasse Buddhaṃ saranaṃ gacchāmi Dhammaṃ saranaṃ gacchāmi Sanghaṃ saranaṃ gacchāmi Dutiyampi buddhang saranang gachami Dutiyampi dhammang saranang gachami Dutiyampi sanghang saranang gachami Dutiyampi buddhang saranang Gachami Tatiampi Dhammang Saranang Gachami Tatiampi Sanghang Saranang Gachami Sadu 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 Say after me. I observe the precept of abstaining from killing beings, 
I observe the precept of abstaining from stealing. I observe the precept of abstaining from sexual misconduct. I observe the precept of abstaining from telling lies. I observe the precept of abstaining from taking intoxicating drinks and drugs with the refuge of the noble triple gem. I observe these precepts for happiness in this life for rebirth in heaven to escape from the sufferings of sansara May it help me. May it be a blessing. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. Namo Buddhaya. I was just talking to one of the other monks about a story that I think that you guys will really be interested in. It starts out in the time of Kasapa Supreme Buddha. So those days, there was a monk who was actually a very good monk in many ways, and he always went to this one house to receive his alms, and this same family gave him the requisites that he needed, robes, shelter, things like that. So he worked very hard with his meditation, and he tried to practice the Dhamma very hard. But one day, a visiting monk came to that village and uh, went to the same house that this other monk had always been going to. And when he saw the way that the family treated the visiting monk, he was really upset because the visiting monk was actually an arahant. Now, this resident monk didn't know that, and the family didn't really know it either, but they were very impressed by this visiting monk. Maybe they could tell that there was something different about him, and so they treated this visiting monk very well. The father in the house made sure that the best food was prepared. He offered a robe to this visiting monk. He offered to have someone come and shave the monk's head, and he offered a bed for the monk to sleep on. And when the resident monk saw all this, he became very jealous. So it's interesting because even though he was practicing the Dhamma very hard, he wasn't successful in that aspect because when he saw someone else being treated well, 
he became jealous. He wasn't thinking, ah, it's so good that these lay people know how to treat a visiting monk, right? He could have been very happy thinking, these people, I've trained them well, they know how to take care of someone who comes to visit. He didn't think that. He thought, ah, what is this? I'm here all the time. Why don't they treat me as well as they're treating this visiting monk? So he got really upset. And when both of the monks went back to the monastery, the resident monk yelled at the visiting monk. He even cursed him. He said, it would be better for you if you ate your own excrement than if you were to eat this lay family's alms food. It would be better for you to go around naked than to accept a robe from them. It would be better for you to have your hair pulled out than to accept a barber from them. It would be better for you to sleep on the ground than to accept a bed from them. Really saying nasty things to him. Now, remember, this visiting monk was an arahant. So, in his mind, when he heard these things, he didn't get angry, because arahants don't get angry like that. Instead, he thought, oh, this monk, he's collecting very bad karma by cursing me like this. If I stay here, he may do even worse things so I should probably move on. See, he wasn't attached at all to the good treatment that he got. So that night, this visiting Arahat monk, he went on his way. But the resident monk, he was still angry the next day. And so he swept up around the monastery and he thought, okay, well, if I wake up this visiting monk, he didn't know he was gone already. He thought, if I wake him up, then he's going to come and, and eat more of my food. So he normally he would ring the monastery bell, but this time he rang it just by kind of tapping on it with his fingernail. So he went to the lay people's house, and they welcomed him, but they said, where's the, where's the visiting monk? And the resident monk said, oh, I don't know. He's been sleeping all night. He's probably still sleeping. I hit the bell. Right, He didn't say that he hit it with his fingernail, but he said, I hit the bell. I don't know why he didn't wake up. I don't know why he didn't come. So the family gave the resident monk some food. And when he was done, the family filled up a bowl with more food and said to the resident monk, okay, well, when you go back to the monastery, if you find that monk, please offer this food to him. And the resident monk said, okay. But as he was walking back home to the monastery, he thought, if this visiting monk eats this food, he's going to get addicted to it, and he's going to stay here and try to take over my territory. So he threw away that alms food. Now see, this resident monk, he was practicing very hard. He was doing meditation. He was trying to purify his mind, but he was still greedy. He was still jealous. And because of that greed and because of that jealousy, he cursed an Arahant monk. Remember his curse? He said, it would be better for you to eat your own excrement and to have your hair pulled out and to walk around naked and to sleep on the ground. So unfortunately, because of cursing this Arahant in this way, when he passed away, the resident monk was reborn in hell. And he stayed there for a very, very long time until our Gautama Supreme Buddha, appeared in the world. Those days, the monk was reborn into a very wealthy family, but he acted in a strange way. 
He didn't like to have clothes on, and he liked to eat his own excrement, his own poop, and he liked to sleep on the floor without sleeping on a bed. And the family thought, well, he's just a baby. He's acting this way because he's just a baby. But as the boy grew older, he still kept up with this habit of really only wanting to eat his own excrement, his own poop. He didn't want to wear clothes, and he just wanted to sleep on the hard floor. Now, the family was really embarrassed by this, as you can imagine, and so they thought, let's give him over to, the, to these ascetics. So, you know, in the time of the Supreme Buddha, there were other people who left home and tried to live a spiritual life, but it was a very different life from that that the Supreme Buddha led and that the, the bhikkhus led. So some ascetics in those days thought that it was beneficial to walk around naked. Or instead of shaving the head, they would pull the hair out from its root. So the family thought, let's just give our son over to these guys. He matches with them a bit more, so we'll, we'll let him live happily with them. So the ascetics accepted the boy, and they set him down, and they pulled all of his hair out, uh, very painful, and they said, okay, welcome to our group. The next day, they told him, okay, we're going to go into the village to get our alms food. Come along with us. Here's a bowl. Come along with us. But the boy, and his name was Jambuka, Jambuka said, no, that's all right. I'll find, some, I'll find something around here to eat. And they said, okay, well, suit yourself. And they went into the village, and he stayed back, and he went into the toilet those days, they didn't have flushing toilets like we do. It would all just go into a pit. So he worked his way down into the pit, and he started eating the poop from the toilet. Why was that? It was because of his previous bad karma, the way that he cursed that Arahant monk. So before the other ascetics got back, he cleaned up, and they said, well, did you find something to eat? And he said, oh, yeah, I got something. And day after day, this would happen, and they couldn't figure out what he was eating. So they had a couple people stay back one day, and he got caught. They saw him going into the cesspit to pull out the, the excrement to eat, and they kicked him out. They said, we're, we're going to get a terrible reputation if people think that we eat excrement, so you can't stay with us. So Jambuka went off on his own, and he found a small village and he found a public toilet because he still liked to eat excrement. And so he kind of made his home close to this public toilet, this pit that people would uh, go to the toilet in. But he had a plan. He would pretend to be a very holy person. So he did this by putting one foot up on his knee and standing just on one leg and whenever people would come by, he would open his mouth and face towards the wind. And so people would ask him, why are you standing on one leg? And he would say, oh, I am so holy. I am so spiritually powerful that if I were to put both of my feet onto the earth, the earth would tremble and shake. I'm so spiritual that the earth couldn't even hold me. So out of compassion, I stand on one leg. And they said, well, why do you keep your mouth open like that? He said, oh, 
because I only eat the wind, I only eat air as my food. So these people were very innocent, and they believed him. Not only that, but they thought that he was very holy. So they worshipped him, and they tried to take care of him, and they even tried to give him food to eat. Now, he was already eating the excrement, so he didn't want their food. But he said, no, no, I just eat the air. So again, he lied. He said, I just eat the air. I don't need your food. And they said, please, please, please take some of our food. And so he took a piece of grass and dipped it in their food and touched it to his tongue and said, there, I've eaten your food. You've collected merit. Now be happy. Leave me alone. So this poor Jambuka, living this terrible life, naked, eating excrement, sleeping on the ground with his hair pulled out, terrible situation. But fortunately for him, the Supreme Buddha saw what was happening. And not only that, the Supreme Buddha saw that Jambuka had the chance to attain enlightenment. Hard to believe. You and I might not think that that was possible, that someone who had done such a terrible thing, who was living a life like this, could have the chance to attain Nibbana, but the Supreme Buddha saw. So, out of compassion, the Supreme Buddha went to visit him. And as he was approaching, he called out, Jambuka, Jambuka, are you there? And when Jambuka heard that, he got very angry. He thought, who's calling me by name? Normally, you wouldn't call someone by name unless you were older than them or higher status than them. So he said, who's, who's calling my name? And the Supreme Buddha said, oh, it's me. I'm another, I'm another ascetic. I'd like to, to stay here with you. And Jambuka said, no, go away. There's nowhere for you to stay. And the Supreme Buddha said, I'll, you know, I'll, I don't mind. I'll sleep anywhere. And Jambuka said, no, sorry. Uh, you'll have to go away. And the Supreme Buddha said, well, over there on that hill, it looks like there's a cave. Is it okay if I stay in that cave? And Jambuka said, well, whatever. I don't care. Suit yourself. So the Supreme Buddha spent the night there. And while he was staying in the cave, heavenly beings came to visit him. The gods of the four great kings, the four great kings came to visit in the first watch of the night, shining a brilliant light, filling the whole valley. And Jambuka saw that, but he didn't know what was happening. He just saw the light. And in the second watch of the night, God Saka came to visit the Supreme Buddha. And in the third watch of the night, Mahabrahma came to visit. But all Jambuka could see was this huge, beautiful light shining from the cave. So the next day, he asked the Supreme Buddha, who, who was that that came to visit you? It looked like there was a huge light there. And the Supreme Buddha explained, it was the four great kings, it was Sakka, it was Mahabrahma. And that shocked Jambuka. Jambuka thought, oh, this must be someone very powerful. I must have finally met a real ascetic. And so he became ashamed, ashamed of his nakedness, ashamed of the way that he had been living, and he bowed down to worship the Supreme Buddha. The Supreme Buddha gave him a cloth to wear and taught him the Dhamma. And because of the previous merits that Jambuka had collected by practicing the Dhamma and practicing meditation under Kasapa Supreme Buddha, he was able to attain enlightenment right there on the spot. And because of previous good karma, 
he was able to receive ordination right there by the Supreme Buddha saying, come monk. And because of Jambuka's previously done merit, he appeared in robes with his head shaved, with an alms bowl in his hands. So it happened that that day, people from surrounding villages were coming to visit. And when they came there, they saw the Supreme Buddha and they saw Jambuka, but they didn't know exactly who the Supreme Buddha was. And they weren't sure if Jambuka was a student of the Supreme Buddha or if the Supreme Buddha was a student of Jambuka. Because remember, they really liked Jambuka because they thought that he was eating only the air. They thought he was very special. They didn't know who to worship first, if they should worship the Supreme Buddha first or worship Jambuka first. So the Supreme Buddha said to Jambuka, these people, they're confused about who is the teacher here. Why don't you clarify? And so Jambuka, using psychic powers, raised himself into the air, came back down to the ground and worshipped the Supreme Buddha. And the crowd was very amazed. They thought, ah, we thought that this Jambuka was someone special. This other monk must be very, very special. And so they also listened to the Dhamma. And the Supreme Buddha shared with them a Dhammapada verse. He said, The foolish ascetic who eats food with the tip of a blade of grass month after month is not worth a sixteenth part of the lives of the liberated ones who have realized the Dhamma. So, people get confused in the world, don't they, about what's spiritual, what's a good beneficial practice, what's an unbeneficial practice, and people get tricked all the time. But we're very fortunate to get to know the Supreme Buddha, get to know his Arahant disciples, and get to learn about really practicing the Dhamma. And we can think about this poor Jambuka, who, because of jealousy in a previous life, made a big mistake, right? Because he hadn't overcome attachment, hadn't overcome jealousy. He did things with his speech that caused him to suffer for a very long time. But fortunately, because of the merit that he did collect, he was able to overcome this and to one day meet the Supreme Buddha and himself become an arahant. So as we're going about our lives, we need to think very carefully when we notice that we're becoming jealous of someone, when we think that we may say something bad to someone else, we need to remember, okay, I'm a disciple of the Supreme Buddha. I'm not going to risk bad results in the future. I'm going to try very hard to give up my jealousy, to practice in a proper way. So, remembering this, may you soon experience the supreme bliss of Nibbana in this Gautama Buddha's dispensation. Sad, sad, sad. Namo Buddhaya. Vimana Vattu Now let's listen to this beautiful sutta from the Vimana Vattu, Stories of Heavenly Mansions. 6.4 Lodging Giver's Mansion Mughalanabanti speaks to Deva. Dear Deva, your mansion shines in the sky just as the moon shines brightly, freed from the cover of clouds. Powerful Deva, you have become a leader among Devas. 
The pure radiance of your body and limbs is stainless and shines in all directions. Tell me, Deva, what kind of meritorious action did you do when you were in the human world to have gained this beauty that shines in all directions and to have earned all these wonderful things? That Deva, delighted at being questioned by Arhant Moggallana, gladly explained what he had done that resulted in such great happiness. Bante, in the human world, my wife and I offered lodging to an Arahant Bante. With confident hearts, we also respectfully offered much food and drink to the noble Sangha. Because of these meritorious deeds, I have been born as a very beautiful Deva and enjoy all the wonderful things that delight my heart. Great Bante, those were the meritorious deeds I did to have such a beautiful body that shines in all directions. If you like, you can listen to more stories of heavenly mansions from the Vimanavatu. If you go to serenecolombo.org slash radio and click on show notes. There you'll find a link to more recordings and information how you can even get your own copy of the book. We're so happy that you were able to join us today. We hope that you learned something new and we really hope that you can use what you learned as you go about the rest of your day. I really like the story of Arahant Jambuka because it reminds us that even if we do something very bad, our good karma will still be there to help us. He did something horrible by cursing an Arahant, didn't he? And he did have to experience suffering because of that, but it didn't erase the good karma he did by practicing meditation and keeping the monk precepts. You can read some of the verses spoken by Arahant Jambuka in the Theragata, and now that you know his story, you'll be able to understand them very well. You'll be associating with him as a Kalyanamitta. Just click on the show notes link or go to suttafriends.org and click on the people index and look for Jambuka Arhant. Now let's share merits. Today, by learning this story and thinking about the good and bad actions of Arhant Jambuka, we've collected lots of merit. And when we collect merit in this way, we like others to have happy minds thinking about these actions. So, may our teacher Lokoswaya Hunksa, may all heavenly beings, may our parents, our relatives, our friends, may they all rejoice in this merit, and may they soon experience for themselves the supreme bliss of Nibbana in this Gautama Buddha's dispensation. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. Namo Buddhaya. Thank you.